Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. There's a well-known phrase, um, there's a well-known phrase or yeah, statement that we all know that I can't repeat in this set- setting, but you guys all know what assuming does, right? <laughs> when you assume something, it makes something out of you and me, right? Right? And, and even though that is often true, we still assume things, don't we? We still assume things. And sometimes we assume things properly, and sometimes we assume things wrongly. And as we go through our lives, we kind of make these little mini determinations, these little mini assumptions about people and what their future is and what the possibilities are for them. And we look at different people and we go through our day and we make those different judgments and assumptions based on what we know or don't know or the look of them and we assume things about them. And one of the things that we assume and we make assumptions about is whether or not somebody can actually end up being a good person or that they are ever going to change. We make assumptions about whether or not somebody is actually forgivable. And we look at different people in our lives, and we look at different people around the world, and we make those assumptions about them, and we look at them and we say, uh, and you don't even necessarily think the conscious thought, that person is not forgivable, but you have that, that internal Judgment and assumption. You look at, I mean, you watch TV and you watch the TV shows and you, you watch all the crime shows and the crime movies and all these things and you see the bad guy and they're written to be the bad guy and you look at them and you automatically assume that person is a murderer, that person is a rapist, they are never going to be forgiven for what they've done, they are never going to change, they can never be different and you make the assumption that they are unforgivable. We look at people who are trapped in cycles of abuse and addiction. And you've walked along the path with some of these people and you've seen how time after time after time they go back to the thing they're addicted to, whether it's drugs or alcohol or sex or food or or whatever it is. And they're addicted to those things. And you have this like automatic assumption that says, you know what, that person is never going to change, that person is never going to be free from that, that person is never going to be forgiven. We look at people of other religions. And we say, you know what, they're, they're believing the wrong thing, they're never going to change. We look at certain groups Religious sects, 
like extremist Muslims, and we look at them and we say, you know what, they, not only are they believing the wrong thing, not only are they turning against Jesus, but they are doing horrible things and horrible things to people, innocent people, and, and they are never going to be forgiven. They're, not ever, they're never going to get out of that, and we assume that they are absolutely unforgivable. Their destination, their destiny is predetermined. They won't be forgiven. They can't be forgiven. We look at people who are sexually deviant. And they're not following God's plan for for sexuality and for marriage in any number of of ways. And we look at them and some sometimes we just see somebody that's caught in the cycle. And we look at some people who are who are caught in the machine, the political machine that is driving and pushing and, and creating hostility in, in that world. And we look at those people and we make this micro assumption that they are stuck in that they will be like that forever and that they are never going to be forgiven that they are unforgivable this isn't a modern concept this isn't something that only has existed in our day and age with us this is a very 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 old thing And when we look at the Bible, when we look at the time of Jesus, we see that even in the time of Jesus, there are lots of those assumptions happening. And there are lots of people groups that that the Jews or other people just looked at and said, you know what, that person in that situation, they are unforgivable. One of those groups was the tax collectors. These were, these were people who not only were they abusing the tax system and charging people more than they owed so that they could take the money for themselves and not pass it to the Romans, but they were going to charge people more so that they could line their own pockets. So not only were they thieves, but they were traitors because these were Jews who were working for the Romans, the Romans who were enslaving the Jews. And the people looked at the tax collectors and said, There's no way you're getting out of that. There's no way you're going to be forgiven for that. They looked at prostitutes and saw the sexual sin and the lifestyle and the filthiness. How unclean they were. And they were just women of sin. And society turned their back on them as a statement, as partially as a statement of you shouldn't be doing that, and so I'm going to reject you because of your sin, so that you know you shouldn't be doing that. But also there was this statement of you are in that situation, you are living that lifestyle, and because you have walked down that path, you are now unforgivable. There is no hope for you. They looked at the Romans in the same way. They saw them as this outside people that weren't in our group. And they were outside. And they came to our country and they were doing these horrible things. And we, the Jews, felt that they were unforgivable. That this forgiveness, this love of God was for our people and not for them. They were an unforgivable people. And there were even 
There are even Jews who hated Christ and made it their mission to destroy the church. And they went around persecuting, arresting, sending them to prison, focusing on getting them death sentences, breaking up the church, stopping what God was doing. And we look at those people that are persecuting the church and we make the assumption, like they did in the past, they assumed that they were unreachable, unchangeable, unforgivable. We make that assumption... But the reality is that is a wrong assumption. When we look at the actual situations of the Bible, we see something totally different. We see Jesus interact with a man named Zacchaeus who was a tax collector. And he was definitely a traitor and a thief. And Zacchaeus saw Jesus. And Jesus saw him. And he ended up, Jesus ended up going over to Zacchaeus' house for a meal and he met with him and he talked to him. And we find that as we read that story in Luke 19, we see that Zacchaeus actually falls and repents and puts his faith in Jesus. And Jesus says, salvation has come to this house today. In Luke chapter 7, we see that a prostitute comes to where Jesus is and, and she anoints Jesus. And the, and the people around her are like, what is Jesus doing? Doesn't Jesus know? Hasn't Jesus already seen who she is and made the assumption that she's unforgivable? Why is he letting her touch him? And we just read a few minutes ago the end of that passage where it says that Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. We know that there's a situation where a Roman sends his servants to Jesus and says, I've got a servant in my household that's sick and I need you to heal him. And Jesus' reaction isn't, no, I'm not sending it to you, 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 you unforgivable person. Jesus responds with, this is the greatest example of faith that I have seen so far. And he sends the servants back and he says, go, what you have requested is done. And in the book of Acts, we find that Peter, the apostle Peter, is called by God to go to a centurion and his household because God has declared that nothing that God has created is inherently unclean. And that that's good news isn't just for insiders, it's for everybody. And as we read the book of Acts, we meet a man named Saul who made it his life's work to persecute Christians, to attack them, to imprison them. And then we find that Saul meets Jesus. And he gets baptized. And he gets forgiven. And he gets to work 
on spreading the good news about Jesus. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. This is what it says. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And this next, this next sentence, you got your Bibles open, you look at it, you got to grab this next sentence. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were made holy. You were set apart for God. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. If you're going to make an assumption, what you need to assume is you need to assume that everyone is potentially forgivable. You need to always assume that others are forgivable. That doesn't mean that everyone will be forgiven. That doesn't mean that everyone is automatically forgiven. It doesn't mean that you can just live your life how you want without any, any concern for God or for your fellow man and that you will end up forgiven. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when we look at someone and we automatically make that assumption, we need to be in the habit of assuming that somebody has the potential, has the possibility that God is working on them and hopefully someday they will be forgiven and that we need to assume that they are forgivable. I have absolutely been guilty of making that assumption wrongly. Of looking at people when they come to church or they come around me and going, why are you here? You're not going to fit here. Are you here just to get in so you can manipulate, so you can make fun of me, whatever? And I have wrongly assumed that certain people are not forgivable. And I have closed doors that Jesus was opening. Forgiveness is available to everyone who comes to Christ. And they're not forgivable because they change. They aren't forgivable because they earn it. They aren't forgivable because of something they do. They are forgivable because God is working and they are get forgiven when they turn to Christ. And there is a possibility that everyone in every situation may just turn to Christ and be forgiven. The murderer is forgivable 
the Muslim is forgivable. The addict and the atheist and the child abuser, the rapist, the liar, the thief, the brat, the scammer, the hacker, the bully, the cheater, they are all forgivable. And some of you were that. And so you know the truth that everyone is forgivable. That if somebody turns to Christ and submits their life to Him and calls on Him, He will forgive their sins and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. Forgiveness is available to the parent who abandoned you. To the political leader who is ruining your country. The drunk driver who killed your loved one is forgivable. The person that bullied you in school. The co-worker who betrayed you. The boss who mistreated you. The family member who always made fun of your faith. Forgiveness is available to them. Forgiveness is available to them. Always assume others are forgivable. Because the Jews looked around and they made those assumptions and Jesus walked into the picture and He said, no, nobody is beyond my reach. And my forgiveness is available to them if they want it. And again, I'm not saying that everyone will be forgiven. I'm not saying that, that all these people will turn to Christ. But it is possible. And we need to stop writing people off. We need to hold on to hope. When we look at family members, when we look at friends, we look at coworkers, we look at fellow students, when we look at teachers, when we look at politicians, when we look at terrorists and, and people around the world and we see all these things and we make those assumptions, we assume wrong. We need to assume that everyone is forgivable. And we need to hold on to that hope and not give up on that hope and not give in to the despair. And we need to hold on to that hope and keep fighting for people and keep pushing and sharing the good news with them and making the good news available to them because forgiveness is available to them. And God wants to wash them and clean them and set them on a path that does incredible things just like he did with Saul. Just like he's done with you. We need to keep sharing our faith. Whether it's at home, it's with our spouse, it's at school, it's at work. Those people that were like, man, I shared my faith and they made it clear that they didn't want to talk to me about that. They didn't want to do anything with that. You need to hold on to your hope and you need to keep sharing. Do not fall for the lie that says that some people are not forgivable.
And we need to make sure that as we approach others, we approach them not with pride, but with humility and compassion. So often we look at people and we say, oh, you're walking down the bad path, you're walking down the wrong path, and we make this wrong assumption that we are somehow better than them. And that's not true. We need to assume that God is fighting for those other people. And He loves those other people and He wants to bring them to the place of salvation and forgiveness. But if we let go of hope, if we stop sharing our faith, and if we approach people with pride, then we are not going to be helping them along their path. If we want to reach people with the good news and see people forgiven, we need to always assume that others are forgivable. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.